I'm Marie. And I'm Katie. And this month, we're going to take a little break and revamp the Difficult Women podcast. Katie, what the hell does revamp mean? Well, the definition of revamp is an act of improving the form, structure, or appearance of something. Well, that's perfect, because that's what we're going to do this month. We're going to build a new website. Make merch. And book some incredible guests for the future. And this week, you can help us out by rating and reviewing the pod and sending us messages about what topics you'd be interested in hearing about. Go ahead, shoot us an email at difficultwomenpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next month with new episodes, but for now, enjoy this oldie but a goodie. Take it away, us. Difficult. 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 Women. Hello. Hi. Hi. You're in my little computer box. I'm in a tiny box. That's all, the only way I look to you now is in a small box. Oh, <laughs> hello, awesome. everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the pod. Welcome to the pod. I'm Marie. I'm Katie. Uh, this is the Difficult Women podcast, if you didn't know. I'm if so proud like, of it. just clicked on something by accident, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Could happen. You guys, we've been charting around the world. Yeah. Like I think n- it's number of 3,000. And anyway, <laughs> I don't know. What are, what are we tracking? No, we've been tracking like on the in the top 200 a podcast. That's Italy, pretty... Australia. Wow, we're big in Italy. Um, another country. I forgot. I should be journaling about this because that's yeah. all I have. Um, but it's so exciting. That's very exciting. <laughs> I'm coming to you from Nashville still. Yep. And Katie. Lockdown. I'm still in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Hanging in there doing yeah. it went running i'm very red right now <laughs> i'm sorry about the red i am i can't i'm just very overheated it's very hot today and i was like i'm gonna run which was a bad idea i went for a hike and it poured rain on me and so now i'm i'm, I'm in a sweater all chilled up oh god i kind of wish all... i was in your position but you know oh, i wish we could switch freaky Sundays too yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh well well we hope everyone's doing all right out there uh during these crazy times yeah, I was having a, I had a moment today because, you know, I'm wearing a mask everywhere I go. That's the other thing. It's hard if it's hot and you're running and you're wearing a mask. It was like a lot, but I made it. Um, And you do, I do it, you know, you do it anyway. But I was having like a moment with the mask today where I was like trying to make a joke with somebody on the street and it just like wasn't <laughs> happening because <laughs> you can't, I make, I rely so much on my facial expressions and you just can't see anything and I was so sad about it I was like it'll be fine it's totally fine it's not a big deal but I just can't I'm not funny with a mask oh <laughs> I mean I may not be funny anyway maybe I, maybe I'm blaming the mask but it's just no Katie you are one of the funniest people oh. on the planet you're good mm. you're good all right well anyway I can't make jokes anymore on the street so I just use my eye I do wear really weird things with my eyes nowadays with the mask on yeah, I could relate to that. My problem is I also tend to wear sunglasses. So I just, I'm, you cannot see anything on my face at all. <laughs> just like hiding from the world. It's fun. That feels right about now, though. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, we have some exciting news. Yeah, for sure. We got we some got emails. Some mail. Mail. Oh, my God. I swear to God, if I hear you've got mail from AOL anymore, because <laughs> my dad checks. His... Oh, I was going to say, why are you hearing that? <laughs> oh, yeah. He checks his email you know, nine you've times a day. And I hear it. You've got mail. Amazing. He only he loves AOL. He's still, he's yeah. still on there. <laughs> Amazing. It's crazy. Um, but yes, yeah, so we got some emails. 
Katie, do you want to read the first one? Absolutely. Um, We got a really great email from Brianna who had a good story for us that you guys might want to hear also. She just listened to the Mind the Gender Data Gap episode that we had done a few months ago. And she says in this email, she says, hello, I just finished listening to this episode. I'm listening to the back catalog. And first, I have to say I love listening to you, too. I love how well spoken you are. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, You mentioned about how you're retreated in the doctor's office with birth control, etc. And I have a two-part story. I'll try to keep it short. I've been on birth control since about freshman year of high school. I've always used a form of the pill. Early 20s, started getting frequent bacterial vaginosis. They want to try hormones internally, so I try the NuvaRing. A year later, dating a guy about four months, I find out I'm pregnant. I make an appointment, not with my regular doctor, but someone close to work. uh, I'm between job one and job two. Uh, Just need to get a blood test to confirm, and sure as heck, I'm pregnant. I ask for info on all possible options, uh, I don't know what me and this boyfriend will do. The doctor and nurse who's taking my vitals, each with skating rings on their hands, which I'm assuming she means like a diamond ring or something so that they're married. I don't know. One says, oh, I had both my kids by your age. And the other saying, yeah, I'm just a little older. I had my second. I thought, whatever, I'll figure it out myself. I took my prenatal vitamin samples, threw them in the trunk of my w- car, and then went to job two for the night. Ended with an abortion and him talking to me again. Uh, all he could say, though, was, I, I'll do whatever you want. In comes knowing him for a short time, living two hours apart and not an ideal living situation and common sense seemed correct. Which I think for her, that seems like that was the right choice for sure to get an abortion. Um, I went back to the trusty, rusty pill. Fast forward a few years. I moved in with a boyfriend and uh, to a way better job. Comes the time for me to renew my birth control prescription. And the doctor says, oh, 26. Are you sure you want birth control? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Dating my boyfriend a year at the time, in debt, freshly moved. Just thought you might find that interesting. Thanks for reading. I do find that interesting. I don't know. I wonder where she's from. I'd be curious to know that because I just think that that's not a doctor's job to interject <laughs> right, personal opinions on what you should do with your body. Now, they should give you medical advice if you ask for it. Or now, even if you don't ask for it, it's fine to be like, hey, these are your options. But to be like... All that judgment. Are you sure you want Ugh. to get, you know, all of that? No, 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 no. No, no. <sighs> wow. Well, sort of thank you for writing. I think that those thank are important you. stories a- to share for sure. Very good stories. Ugh. I'm sorry that you had to go through all that, but um, good. Thank you for sharing. And also good for you for, you know, it's your fucking body. You yeah, do what knowing, you want. Yeah. No, Speaking you, of you know which, you did you see Tennessee passed the heartbeat abortion bill? Gotta get you out of there, Maria. I know. <laughs> a little bit like, oh shit. Oh, that's crazy to me. It's absolutely insane. It's all white people. It's all white supremacists trying to control yeah, people. Anyway, yeah. control. That's terrible. Anyway, I uh, got another email uh, from a man who wants to keep his identity anonymous. So I won't say, his, say his name. Fair um, enough. Let's see if I can. It's kind of long. So bear with me, guys. But. Hi, was listening to your podcast today and you invited people to offer opinions, hoping you'll take mine in the honest and respectful spirit it is intended. You spoke about Amy Cooper invoking her white privilege against a black man in Central Park. While this is certainly a big part of the equation, I'd ask you to consider the fact that she is also invoking a certain female privilege over a male, which is to report to police that she feels threatened by a male who simply disagrees with her. As uncomfortable as this idea 
may make you. I suspect if you got any divorce attorney to speak with you honestly, they would tell you that a strategy of having a woman say she felt threatened was enough for her to get a restraining order and bar a man from living in his home and seeing his children, whether or not he is actually violent. The onus is on him to prove he is nonviolent despite a history of nonviolence. Studies have shown that domestic violence is not something that men enact exclusively on women and that rather it is more of a 60-40 balance, yet there are no battered men shelters. By fostering the idea of a patriarchy and of toxic masculinity, we foster the prejudice that men are inherently violent and oppressive by nature. When I point this out to people who espouse the idea I am usually confronted with, the caveat that, well, we're not saying all men, to which I would ask you to consider that this is a similar response Donald Trump gave when he said not all Mexicans. Also, when we talk about systemic racism and policing, we are talking about a policy which, while it certainly affects black men more, is something that does disproportionately affect all men. Anyway, thanks for reading A Different Perspective. I wish you and your family health and blah, blah, blah. It was a very nice conclusion. Yes, anyway. yes. So... Katie, I'm this. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm so curious. I, I did write him back and and I did lead with thank you for taking the time and, and yeah, for sure. to have this discourse. So, well, but I am curious what you I, would say. First, I want to say we actually have talked about this uh, on our podcast before we've done episodes of making sure that men feel supported too in different ways and that, you know, there should be battered men shelters if we need them. You know what I mean? If, if, we, if they feel like that's the thing. I don't know as much about the statistics of men being in a position where they feel so afraid of their relationship that they can't leave in the same way that women do. So I don't know about that. I'd have to look more into it. I am a little confused about some of the Mexican comments and it, it feels a little bit like he's coming from a place and as like, as a white woman during this particular time we're in right now, I think, and you have probably felt the same way, that when you're confronted with things that make you uncomfortable about your demographic, you then try to come up with justifications as to why it's not just you, it's not just whatever. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing a little bit in this email, though, is him trying to come up with justifications as to why women are just as bad as men. Mm. When the state, the facts are with things like... um abuse and like abusing your privileges men definitely have more of a privilege than women do historically throughout all sorts of different aspects of life specifically about amy cooper do i think that there are some women that use their womanness to get things like and i i mean i don't know about the amy cooper thing i think the bigger issue is definitely the racism because she played into that i think that for him to just call out oh well she's using her female privilege eh, i mean maybe but I, i'd be much more i think we really need to talk about the fact that she was like there's a black man who's harassing me more than anything you know what i mean because if that guy was white i'm not so sure she would have called the police on it right i just am not sure that that really would have happened so i think he needs to recognize that that is a very big aspect of that dynamic and if he wants to just blame it on being a woman he needs to look at himself i think about why does he feel the need to do that um the other thing though is when he's talking about the i know in like divorce court specifically again i don't know about the i think a lot of women who need um I think a lot of times when a woman is asking for a restraining order in court, she doesn't get it when she needs it. 
So to then try to use that as an example that like women are always trying to get restraining orders for no reason. I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> I'm like, that's just not true. What is true, I know from some of my friends, male friends who have gone through divorces, is that sometimes within divorce court, the woman will, uh, they tend to just give the uh, custody to the woman, even if she's not the better parent. And that is something we absolutely have to look at because uh, that's that. that, And that but that also comes from the patriarchy because the idea is that the woman is the nurturer and the man is the provider. So like to say that that's not about the patriarchy is actually wrong. (laughs) It is. It is very much about the patriarchy. I don't I don't think we should let it be the way that we have to look at that, but um, and fix it. But so those are my thoughts. Um, so I guess I would say there's not it's not all wrong in some respects, but I also think that like that 60 40 number, I don't know where he's coming up with that. Yeah. With the abuse that 60 percent of the abuser ab- abused are women, I'm assuming, and 40 percent are men. I don't know. Where is that? What number is that? I don't know that number. I've never right. heard that number. Yeah. I did start looking at more statistics of women versus men, and it's more women are uh, <laughs> abused by men. And um, to be honest, like there's also just like a size difference. There's there's all these other elements that are at play that are not equal. They're not. We're not coming at this from an equal position. So I think that already, I, I just can't get on board with this idea that it's very common that women use woman privilege to get this and that. Like only within the system of the patriarchy <laughs> because right. it's the only power we have sometimes if it's like if he's weren't if he's really trying to also hedge at like sexual whatever trying to you know get ahead by sleeping around it's like well for some women they f- felt in times that it's the only thing that they have when i did write him back i did bring up like the believe all women went pop you know that hashtag was trending during the me too movement and you i mean and we've talked about it on the podcast as well is that like yeah women lie too Wait, it's not, you know, I mean, yes, that stance of believe all women, totally. women lie, women lie, but everybody lies. I mean, Men lie. yeah, yeah, right. So, um, I mean, I, that's fine. But like to then just go toward that is the it's just that most women don't lie about things like that. Right. And most and women most don't they lie, listen to them when they come up. Exactly. Come, right. So whether or not they lie, they still don't usually get um, people, you know, they still don't get whatever, like, you know, like they don't get justice if they if they're not lying. But one thing that is very prevalent in our society is white women trying to implicate black men in things. Mm -hmm. And then the black men getting blamed when maybe there wasn't a thing. And that's what Amy Cooper was doing. So that is more of a racial problem than it is about a woman problem specifically is a white woman problem for towards people, men of color. Mm -hmm. But that's also different than just saying, Because I think what he's sort of trying to get at is he's trying to avoid the fact that we're talking about race right now in this conversation about Amy Cooper. Mm Because then he's bringing up Mexicans and stuff. I'm like, what are you you trying to say here? You're trying to... And even the thing about the jailing and how, well, all men get treated badly by the police. I'm like, well, first of all, okay, then let's fix the police. You know? And secondly, uh, I just rewatched 13. Yes, I watched that last week as well. that number again, that like one out of 17... I think it's one out of 17 white men will at some point be incarcerated. One out of three black men will. So don't tell me, oh, men, (laughs) you know what I mean? Don't tell me that. Just don't. Also, it's like, and the percentage of black men in the United States was something like 7%. 
Mm-hmm. But then it makes they make up like 40 percent of the prison population, something insane. It was like some crazy numbers. So don't, you know, don't tell me that. <laughs> just don't. I just am not going to get on board with that. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it's worthy discussion. I mean, oh, my I God. Think- Thank you for writing. I, yes, I'm not, absolutely. you know, uh, I, I, in, so I wish you were in the room with me so we could talk more about it. But thank you for sending in the email. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, anonymous man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, speaking of trying to stay anonymous, Ooh. if you want to order something, you can sort of do it anonymously. I think that they, the package is very anonymous. I'm trying to make a connection. It's, you're doing great. We, we need, you want some sex toys and you don't want people to know that you ordered sex toys? Have we got a place for you? Check it out. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Enter offer code HORIO at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six free spicy movies. Ooh. Plus, free shipping. That's Horio, W-H-O-R-E-O, Horio at adamandeve.com. We're back ready to discuss something that honestly, this subject, this whole topic has blown my fucking I mind. I knew it. I knew it because when I brought it up, you were sort of like, eh, okay, whatever. I was like, just wait till she reads about this. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, this has opened my eyes. I literally had no idea about my own body. This Okay, this is so exciting. Okay, you guys, are you ready? Let me tell you <laughs> why I wanted to talk about this subject. I wanted to bring this up because I texted Marie drunkenly one night, like two weeks ago, because I was watching a show called Married at First Sight. It's a reality show. <laughs> and it's about these like people that they like decide they're going to get married and then they don't know they don't even meet the person until they're at the altar it's so awkward it's like so crazy and they did by the way get married it was in um charlotte and they got married in the same place our friends holden and lexi got married no way so i was like oh my god we've been there but anyway so everything about the show i was very into but then it turned out it is the most recent season if you haven't seen it yet sorry spoilers ahead one of the um women she was like 26, 27, something like that. Very beautiful, very lovely. Um, married this like perfect, amazing man. Uh, she was a virgin. She is a virgin. So I was freaking out after the first episode. I texted Maria. I was like, this virgin woman is going to have sex with some random guy now because she thought like that, you know, she had to save herself from marriage. And like, that's how fucked up that like we live in a world that whatever. So I was like going off. Again, okay, I'm going to do a spoiler, so if you really want to watch the show, just go <laughs> put your fingers in yours for a second. Spoiler alert, uh, at the end of the show, they decide if they're going to get divorced or stay together. And he had to say divorce because they never had sex, which was good, thank God, because she really had this, her virginity was so precious to her. It was very much a religious thing. You could tell the dynamic with her and her father was kind of weird. And he was like crying so much at the wedding and didn't want to like lose his baby, which it was creepy as hell. And um, so, and she, because it was so intensely precious, it was like the center of all the problems that they had. Otherwise they got along great as a couple. She's, they were very attracted to each other. But she also just wasn't sexually um, advanced at all. Mm-hmm. And it just held her back like a lot. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with still being a virgin at any age. All of these decisions are totally acceptable. You know, maybe don't go on a reality show about getting married if you're in that position. Right. 
But like, you know, all that's totally fine. It's just that it was really fascinating to watch what I think she didn't expect it to be as big of a deal to him as it was. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a big deal to him because he was like, oh, I want to fuck or like he wasn't like that at all. He was just like, we don't connect sexually because she we don't have the same experience like life experience. And it was really kind of sad that that was this thing that she it was like she had been told her whole life, like, this is a precious thing. And she kept saying, like, I thought he would be excited that I was a virgin. Like, I thought that that would be like a plus. And and it seems to be a minus. And in some ways, like, yeah, it's a minus if, like, he doesn't feel like he can be your equal. You know what I mean? And that he feels like pressure on him for both. of And for it was intense. But I mean, could you imagine? I just could not. No. Could oh God, if you went on a date and the guy was like, "I'm a virgin," Ugh, I'd be like, uh, "But I would." I, I, I know <laughs> I'd have two thoughts of it. Like I'd want to be, you know, oh how I feel so honored to take your virginity, uh, but then also like, no, he's not going to be able to keep up because I, I mean, no, I mean, I, I know. So <laughs> I mean, totally. I think that that's part of the thing about it, and. Again, I'm not there's nothing wrong with um, if you really want to stay a virgin a long time. That's totally fine. It's just that why that and that's what we're going to talk about today, uh, which is basically the myth of virginity. It's a it's a totally socially constructed concept It has nothing to do with medical science. There's nothing real about virginity other than. Well, there actually is nothing real about it. Right. Okay. Well, so here's the thing that blew my fucking mind. Yeah. Because I asked you a couple weeks ago (laughs) if my hymen grew back (laughs) because it's been so long during quarantine since I've had sex. Um, Your hymen, it's not a uh, like we've always been taught or told or whatever shoved down our throats. It's not a barrier. Right. It's not something to break. And I watched this TED talk of these two um, doctors <laughs> that were talking about the hymen. And this woman held up a hula hoop <laughs> with like, you know, cellophane on it. And she, she punched it through. And that is what I've always envisioned what the hymen is. Because you're taught that there's it's a barrier that is broken. But then she holds up a huge scrunchie and says, this is what a hymen looks like. Yeah. It's actually a membrane around the opening of your vagina that stretches and that cannot be broken. So what's interesting with this is now, now I guess we never like talked about the details of what we thought a hymen was. <laughs> like you and I just privately never were like, what do you think a hymen looks like? I'm sure just we would have gotten there on tour Yeah, I eventually. mean, eventually. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm almost shocked that we never did. But I, I do remember once. So I don't know what your experience was with sex for the first time in terms of your hymen specifically but I know I've said to you before and I don't know if I've said on the podcast but that I didn't have any hymen experience like I didn't have there was no sensation about like a a, a ripping there was no blood at all when I had sex I never had I rode horses and stuff and rode a bike but I never had had like a moment where I was like ow and I've heard of other stories where people women had been like I was riding a horse and all of a sudden I felt something I was like ouch I never had any of that and it's possible that I just never had a hymen really like that there just wasn't something there and I remember one time sort of saying something in passing to you about it and you kind of being like ha 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 and I was like oh and so I just so it's because I think oh, no. that just like, which is fine but I think that you just I think you probably didn't realize that you could maybe not have a hymen right you know right. and I, now I'm like oh that's why she left <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Because it wasn't even insulting. Was. Yeah, I think you just were like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Of course she has a hymen. But I, when I was like looking through those things again, um, they make a good point. It's like if it was a barrier, you wouldn't be able to have your period. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And well, they, they said ex- that the, oh, why no. the one, oh. <laughs> Just the only thing is the only the bear the most barrier like hymen is called a perforated hymen and that can be more like a barrier and so sometimes you can just get it it can be a problem so you just get it surgically snipped or whatever but a very but small it's rare it's very rare very rare and I think you do it much younger like it wouldn't be so much around you know it's when you start I guess having maybe your period or something you right notice well I was reading a doctor was explaining that. Your hymen is actually kind of like baby teeth is that you do need it as a young girl, a young child, because it keeps out germs and bacteria and dirt. And I mean, it has a purpose. But then once you reach adolescence and puberty and stuff, it's not really needed like baby teeth. You grow out of it. And so it does stretch. And um, as far as like the bleeding goes, there's actually very few blood vessels in the hymen. Again, not a doctor. This stuff blew my mind because I had no idea because my experience. um, All right. I'm just going to get real real, I guess. Uh, But, you know, when I was 15 years old, I had a boyfriend, some fingering happening, some blood. And I was like, well, he popped my cherry. That's like I definitely thought that there was a barrier that was broken and there was blood because that is what I was taught. Did you see anything about was the blood related to the hymen or you didn't get that far in your exploration? I mean, not explanation with the boyfriend, but the explanation in no. <laughs> so actually, today. this is fascinating. So, their hymens do not bleed, or very rarely bleed. It's actually when you do bleed, it's because of trauma inside. Whether it's too dry, it's not well lubricated, it's um, forced, you know. Or oh, it's interesting, and that maybe yeah. like because nothing has really been in there before, right? And your body's just not used to this foreign object being inside you. But also, you're so inexperienced that you don't know your own body yet. And so maybe you didn't do floor play or maybe, you know, you have no you didn't idea get it doing. all ready and ready well, for it. nobody knows what they're doing. So it's like, <laughs> right. know, kind of. So when actually there is blood, uh, it's because of uh, too Trauma. much pounding yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> again i'm not well, there a doctor was this horrible story i read about this girl talking about losing her virginity and kind of being like oh yeah there was so much blood and then almost bragging that like because she because this is what they teach you they teach yes. you you're supposed to bleed and if you don't there's something wrong with you like you're you're more virginal you're more pure if you bleed or whatever so i remember being like so surprised that i didn't bleed because i was like oh am i what happened you know and i hadn't done a lot of other things so i didn't i was like oh i mean it was fine but i was just like oh okay uh but the there was a girl that was saying this horrible story about how she um and again she was almost like proud of it that then she went to the gynecologist and the gynecologist was like horrified at the state of her vagina because it was so swollen and like oh, no. bruised and she just didn't know that that wasn't acceptable sex and she mm-hmm. even left the doctor not understanding that because mm-hmm. It, we are told you're supposed to bleed and it's good. And that's and if you don't bleed, then you're probably then you're, you know, you're lying. Then you're a liar. And this, certainly in like other countries where they're really, really into the virginity things that like if you don't bleed, you you could get in really big trouble as a woman because they just think that you are lying. Mm hmm about about being a virgin and like there's actually no way to physically 
check to see if someone is still a virgin or not. Right. And they're still doing two-finger virginity checks. Google it because the first thing that comes up is so disturbing. It's like fathers, police. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, well, and and, uh, some of the reasons why they do those checks, which is to me like just this is like so illogical and so so exactly why men should not be running anything <laughs> in terms of like female body. Making, making, any, I mean, this yeah. is a perfect example of why a man should not make any decisions about a woman's body ever about anything ever, ever, ever. Because one of the reasons why they have virginity checks is to see if a woman has been raped or not. So like they'll if they don't if a woman says she's been raped and and they don't do this in the United States from in this way, at least they mm-hmm. probably I know that they do different things. But in in um, and I, in India was where they were talking about it specifically when I was reading about it. But there might be other places What they if, if a woman claims she's been raped, they do a virginity test to see if she was actually raped or not, which doesn't make any sense. None of that makes sense. And they were saying that. A lot. Of, I mean, a woman very rarely would say she was raped if she wasn't, especially because she knows she's going to have to go through this test or whatever. But also they were saying that so if she has been raped, which is probably the case, the just the act of like doing the virginity test on her is re-traumatizing her for whatever it was that she had to go through in the first place. And it's traumatizing, period, to have to go through something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's very public and it's something that then now the information is out about whether she's this or that. And like it has nothing to do with rape. You know, what I mean, like your virginity has nothing to do with rape. But that's, you know, in these countries like that, that that's a woman is worthless or or point, you know, right. has no value if she's not a virgin. Well, I think it was last year uh, that T.I., the rapper. Yes, I was going to bring this up too. this. I mean, I remember it. When it came out last year, so I guess he was on a podcast and he was talking, the Ladies Like Us podcast, and he was speaking and then he said, the rapper, he has six children and he brought up how he handles the discussion of with about sex with his oldest daughter. And then he said, not only have we had the conversation, we have yearly trips to the gynecologist to check her hymen. Yes, I go with her, he says. And then uh, Planned Parenthood actually immediately tweeted out uh, when all this stuff was going down. I don't know who needs to hear this, but virginity is a made up social construct and it has absolutely nothing to do with your hymen. Thank you, Planned Parenthood. Always the voice of reason. Yeah. So there's that part of the whole like that disturbing element of this that like there's some doctor out there that's like, yeah, no problem. We'll check her hymen. He's a doctor or she's a doctor and they should know better than that. Uh, Number two, what I read was that what she this girl had done at 15 or what he this his daughter had had to do at 15 was sign a contract to, to for the doctor right. saying that she would allow her dad to like have this information. But just by nature of her being 15 meant that she didn't really have she couldn't give consent like that because she's a minor so that's already manipulative so who the fuck doctor was doing this i mean that infuriates me anyway then in addition to this and this is part of the issue around virginity is that a woman's virginity is like allowed to be public knowledge and that people treat it like her own father is treating it like something that he can just talk about in public that's not anybody's business it's certainly not our father's business it's not ti's business but but it's certainly certainly not my business or anybody else's business 
So the fact that he even like there's an ownership that he's then feeling over her to even feel like he has the right to talk about that, let alone have the right to know and be in the doctor's office and know anything about her body in that way. That is not parenting. And I read a thing, too, about why that's so destructive as a parent. And the number one reason is because it ruins trust between you and your your child, because your child is not going to trust you if you're like being a creepy. (laughs) And also, do you not trust your child to make the right decisions for herself? If you raised your kid right, then that child will make the right decision for her and him. Mm -hmm. I just still the virginity test check thing is just so then that it's still happening in the world today. It should not be happening. It doesn't. If it was a thing you could actually check, Mm -hmm. it still shouldn't be happening. Right. But the fact that you can't you actually don't get any real information from these checks makes it like just mind bogglingly upsetting that it happens. Right. Still. And that a doctor in the United States would, you know, would play play along would do that yeah well i did read that the practice of virginity testing was condemned by the world health organization un human rights and Mm -hmm. un women in 2018 two years ago this has been condemned um and it's a two-finger freaking examination of the vagina also like if if that was a way to test someone's virginity wouldn't you break their hymen by doing that right what is what is the logic behind this this is such a man's perspective of how a woman's body should work it is i just you i I don't even have words for this nonsense it's nonsense yeah it's a powerful a- tool to control a woman's body. Like it's it's been this way of being able to just like you said, it's property. Yeah. Even like I will never have my father walk me down the aisle. That the that what that represents is like literally I am his property and he is giving me away to my partner. <laughs> yeah, that's a my- good point. I never really thought that much about that, but I think that's a good I point. I mean, but if, if you that did, makes you, no, but if that's like a thing that there'd be some, yeah, or there'd be some the reason you'd be like, that's what you it don't represents. <laughs> like, yeah, you do. Maybe you do it because you want your dad to participate, but not like. No, when I get married, anyway. mom and dad are going to be there in the golf cart and we're going to, you know, Just we'll ride down the aisle perfect. together. Yeah, it'll be great. But and no judgment on anyone who's had. No, their, no. I've always and dreamt think, forever that I'm going to have my dad walk me down the aisle. But I, you right. know, now that I know what it represents, I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. No, I think. But it is sure. about it. All, it all goes back to property and ownership and me telling you what to do with your body. Well, and then there was a couple other things that make it like so um, it's so problematic. <laughs> like it's and you don't again, it's like this isn't just us like being like. Feminist with a capital S, like getting upset about nothing. It's like this is the shit that like affects us each individually as women for the rest of our lives. And there was a couple uh, reasons why I went. I found this. Okay, I'm going to cite my sources. I like prepared for this. Uh, I went to wildflowersex.com and they have a (gasps) section called virginity myth. And they did not have anybody's name associated with this blog, but somebody's writing it. I just couldn't figure out who. Anyway. (laughs) Um... (laughs) There, okay, so number one, it's sexist to have an idea. Just the idea of virginity is a sexist concept. Number one, because like all the things we said that like, you know, it makes a woman feel like property and all that. But also that whilst virginity is like a concept also for boys, it's that thing where it's like if a boy loses his virginity, it's like 
he's great, whatever. He can do it anytime he wants. The younger, the better in our society or whatever. Whereas a woman is trying to save herself, you know, that her purity is so tightly wound with this notion of her virginity. Her, her, her value is so tightly bound with her virginity. So that's a sexist concept, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's that thing too about like a woman's virginity historically with like, with marriage and even with this poor girl in this, in this, uh, a reality show like why should we have to know what her virginity is like why does that have to be a thing that then but it is a thing because it's because it's a thing because they've made it a thing and she's bought into this thing where then she like has to kind of publicly announce that she's still a virgin by choice and you know make it a whole thing but it's like not anybody's business so that's annoying that a woman's virginity has to be like paraded around god damn it you know i hate the bachelor and bachelorette that those reality shows um but i did watch whatever season it was recently that the the guy the bachelor was a virgin and they made it such a big deal and you know what now that you're saying all this i played right into that and and they did they made the producers made it so hugely part of the story is that he was a virgin and then in the end you know he met Someone, I don't know. It was horrible. That show was so bad. Uh, but he then f- did pick someone. But then when finally, you know, it's like the the final, the finale that everyone's, you know, there's candles and there's a whole live audience. And they're like, did you lose your virginity? And I literally was like, <gasps> did he? Yeah. Did he do it? <laughs> no, we we, we uh, make yeah. it such a big deal. And did he? Oh, oh my God. God. What was the answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, it's none of your business. Oh, and I was like, God. yeah, that's good. That's yes, that was awesome. Um, but I was right there. God, I'm part of the problem. too. I mean, we're all part of the problem. We are like condition. It's so much. uh, It's so conditioned into our life. Um, here's another really important point that, and I'm going to quote this then from the wildflower, wildflowersex.com. This stood out to me is so important too. Okay. Positioning sex from the very beginning as something that you lose, give or take teaches unnecessary power dynamics and a harmful sexual hierarchy. Instead, sex should be something that you share or don't with others consensually. But this idea that you're like, I'm going to give you my virginity, like a woman gives her virginity to a man in that sense, right? Like that's very common. Yeah, the V card. You lose your virginity to a man. And not that like a boy can lose his virginity to a woman. It just doesn't have the same, you know weight to it but that already is then setting up this power dynamic that like he then is taking something from you he is you are losing something to this person you're losing a part of your power because we're putting it we're making it a powerful thing you're giving your purity to somebody you're giving your worth to this guy because you know mm-hmm. you lose your and then what who are you after the first time you have sex you're you are worth less than you were 10 minutes before because after one act so like if so, if anybody's listening now i'm going like well what do you call it then or what do you how do you but isn't it like an act like what do you how do you identify this and i thought that um th- this other thing that i read called the virginity myth let's think of sex like disneyland by crystal yuan on healthline if you want to look it up uh she was saying that like gaining an experience and not losing an identity is the way we should think about this. Ooh, I love that. Say that. Can you say that one more time? Yes. Losing your virginity is not losing an identity. It's gaining an experience. 
That's beautiful. And isn't that much more accurate of yes. like what that is? Because it's not like you have it once. And her whole point about the her whole Disneyland thing is that like if you if you remember the first time you went to Disneyland or Disney World, were you disappointed? Was it everything you thought it was going to be? Was it, you know, maybe some people go and they have like the most magical experience and some people it was like kind of hyped up and maybe like it was raining that day and they didn't have a great time at Disneyland the first time. But the idea that you can't ever go back to Disneyland and have a better experience in the future. That's the same with sex. It's like you don't just like have it once and then you're like, well, it was good or bad. And then that's over. And then that is, you know, it is what it is forever. But so many there's like some statistics that say that like, because there's so much pressure on that first time that um, so much then of your sex life can be set up by that first time where it shouldn't mm. be. Why is there why should there be so much pressure on that first time? So they were saying that and, and this isn't for everybody because I know everybody's had a very variety of experiences and a lot of them are not the best first time experiences. I know that's normal. But they said that they found that the people who had had more positive first time experiences had higher le- levels of satisfaction like down the line, which is just saying that why like so your first experience is going to affect the way that you feel about sex in six years, for example. Mm-hmm. But part of the reason why that is, is because of the pressure the first time. Mm-hmm. So if something goes wrong that first time and it ruins your virginity loss and you gave it away to the wrong time at the wrong person, then you're like you filled with guilt or you're filled with like shame, you know, regret, complete or shame, shame. Yeah. For no reason. Right. For no reason whereas the truth is like yeah sex the first time can be awkward and weird for a lot of us and like that's okay like so then we try it again like why does it have to be a thing the first time who cares i felt so much pressure when i lost my virginity to make sure that the relationship stayed intact and i stayed with my boyfriend then for three years throughout college because i was like well I, i really have to make this work because i lost my virginity to him and yes he was a great guy but like Sure, wish maybe I could have had made different choices. Yeah, yeah. maybe you. But that yeah. pressure of staying with him uh, because I lost my virginity to him was just so. Because I was raised Christian, and I was really trying to wait till marriage, and then, I mean, I just had to have him because he was so funny. But you know, I didn't True. have to stay with him for three years afterwards. Really, truly. Right. Well, and my like experience was different from that. And, and again, I think I may have talked about this in the podcast before, but I had this like very, like beautifully perfect like like losing virginity story but it was not with a boyfriend it was like with this guy that i'd sort of been dating and i was just ready like i just was like ready and he was he couldn't have been more perfect and sensitive about the whole thing um but then like when we when i think about that first time then setting it up for the future for me the thing this the story that stands out the most and i've talked to you about this before is that the second time i ever had sex was also with him and um i was on my period and i was like oh no we can't have sex because i'm on my period and he was like it doesn't matter he's like that's it's hot to be on your period and the fact that that was like so early on in my sexual experience this positive reinforcement that my body was okay really affected the way I felt about period sex forever. Mm-hmm. I, and now I'm like, if you don't like it, get the fuck out of here. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know, because he this he I was very lucky. Right. That he happened to give me an experience early on that was very positive, body positive. And I was with the guy that deemed when I was on my period, it was blowjob week, which is which, much more common. I think. So fucked up. But that's much yes. more common. Much more common. 
so I just I'm my point just being that like I think that like it does make sense that sometimes these these initial experiences can affect you long term so why not take the pressure off so that we can be doing these things as a as a couple and not like in a weird because again there's, there's the high there's the power dynamic if he's saying well it's blowjob week now that's a power dynamic. That's him deciding what what happens in that relationship, as opposed to two people having like a sexual experience with each other. Because it's like, okay, well, it's blowjob week, but also now it's eating me out week. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know. Or, or it's something else. Or now we, you know, I don't know. It could be anything between the couple, which sort of brings up another interesting problematic issue with um, this concept of virginity, which is that like, nobody knows what, you know, I think that we tend to think that virginity is like, when you finally have like penis and vagina, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of people that do a lot of other stuff like penis and butt or whatever for a long time. And like, then is that virginity and losing your virginity? Is like touching each other losing your virginity? Is uh, penis and mouth virginity loss? There's like so many, it's like so hazy. And yet there's supposed to be this like very clear expectation of what losing your virginity is. And one of the problems with that, aside from just like that, that's so arbitrary it also reinforces uh heteronormative standards mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. uh, cisgendered ideals and that kind of that that sex is only penis and vagina and that you and that sex is not anything else except for penis and vagina and that's just not true we've we've talked a lot about um about how sex is so many things and and we talked about like those when we did the abstinence episode how like we shouldn't be so worried about abstinence we should just be worried more about like let kids t- touch each other <laughs> let kids do other kind of sexual things safely you know if and and then they can work their way up to penetrate penetrative sex if that's what they want to do or you know what i mean but like let let people know that sex is all the things you know i think that's such a good point and how does that affect like if let's say you're um, a lesbian woman and you never ever ever get penetrated by a male penis, does that right, make you like a virgin forever? I mean, no, of course not. Like that's no, not how that right. works. So anyway, fuck virginity. <laughs> yeah, I'm like over it. I'm definitely not going to put that pressure on my kids, and even just the pressure you feel like in school talking about it, and like you know, we can take some of that off too. Yeah. Well, I found um, a list. I think it's very similar to what you just read, but um, this is from everydayfeminism.com. And so it does list um, some of the things you mentioned, but also the thing that um, they really talk about is that how uh, virginity contributes to so much slut shaming. Totally. But it's like you can't win. Because remember, like, I don't know if I I remember this feeling. And I wanted to ask you, and sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but just to piggyback on the slut shaming, it was like in high school, it was like if you waited too long, you were a prude. Or if you didn't put out, you were a prude. But if you put out, then you were a slut. And there was no in-between. It was like there was no... I, I got broken up with by a boy, and I found out through my friend's dad. <laughs> because this is the worst story. But my friend's dad, a girlfriend of mine, her dad was the leader of this kid's Eagle Scout troop. And apparently, after he broke up with me, this boy who was in Eagle Scouts... uh was telling all the boys at Eagle Scouts that they broke up because I wouldn't put out. Oh. And for some reason then, he, the dad was like, can you tell Katie that he's been talking shit about her? <laughs> so then at lunch, this girl had to come up to me and be like, my dad said. And I was like, oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. I mean, it was horrifying. And I was like, I don't care. That was what I always said when I cared about something. I don't care. It's fine. Oh. 
But I was so hurt. You had to find out from but my I, dad. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's the worst. But yeah, it was just like I did. I felt like a prude. But yet I was like, you know, I'm still not ready. Sorry. Not sorry. I was like 15. I was like, I'm just not ready yet. But I also just like didn't. I, I was strong enough in my own mind or something or my own something that I wasn't feeling like external pressure and then when I did lose it finally with that guy it was I didn't care that he wasn't my boyfriend I was re- I was just like oh, I'm ready now just like one day I woke up and was like I'm ready <laughs> and it, I don't know it was like a pop tart or something coming out of the oven <laughs> or a toaster oven I, I was know. so but sheltered for you, did you feel well, pressure to do stuff or did you feel like I, you just did stuff when you wanted and like and even leading up to the actual virginity loss quote unquote because I did some stuff right. but I didn't do I just I did it when I was ready. I felt very sheltered, I think, growing up. And so, and and in the Christian community of, you know, saving yourself for marriage. But um, so honestly, I don't know if I was just like completely unaware of that people were having sex in high school, but none of my friends were having sex. Um, People were like dry hump and left and right and, you know, hand jobs and a couple of blow jobs and things like that. But like, I didn't know anybody having sex. And so that actually never was the case with my boyfriends that it we, you know, we we did all the other stuff pretty much. But but like when you did all the other stuff, did you feel like I didn't feel I don't want to do this or it was like, oh, everyone was kind of on the same. Everyone page was on or? the same page. I mean, I remember the first That's time great. that like, you know, a, man, a, a young, young lad touched my genitalia and. Oh, you know, and and feeling I did feel shame. I think when it first happened, I immediately called a friend I remember and was like, "Am I going to burn in hell?" And <laughs> she was like, "Dude, you've yeah. liked this guy for a year, and you finally just got you, you got him." So, like, you know, if there's any time that you don't feel comfortable, you just you know, obviously tell him to stop. And he was very respectful, right. and that was my you know we. My first boyfriend when I was 15 and we did a lot of different things. And But then actually he did break up with me because I, I learned later that he had another girlfriend that he met at church camp that would sleep with him. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what happened with this boy. He was he started sleeping with this other girl and was like, I'm going to break. And that's when he broke up with me yeah. and told me that. But then he didn't tell me I wouldn't put out. He just said like, hey, actually, I like had sex with someone else. So we should break up. And I was like, OK, whatever. I don't care. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I did. But care. I did. Steven. I did have a sense. <laughs> I'm sure listening. You're not you know, my virginity was very important to me and I wanted to make sure to lose it to the right person. And I did have one guy that I felt a lot of pressure from in college. And so much so that I went to the gynecologist and got birth control and was like ready to make love for the first time. But I he had to wait a month because the birth control, you know, once you right, start you birth control, sure you have to wait it. three weeks or whatever. Yeah. But he couldn't even wait a month. And yeah, so we broke up that within guy, that yeah. month. But it was just such, for me, it was a, a lucky circumstance of knowing that like he was in it, he was with me for the wrong reasons. And and then I was able to, you know, well, that could have been such a, but that also could have been such a painful experience if like, then he finally had sex with you and then just dumped you. Like, oh, think of, absolutely. and that happens all the time. I, it and happens like, all the think time. Think of like how much that affects young women, especially after their first time. And like, they're like, I'm giving you this very precious thing, like take right. care of it. And then they're like, nah, whatever. Right. And then, and then you're taught that now you're worthless. <laughs> right. Oh, like that's gosh. terrible. And but this is where like, I feel like we're doing so much of this, like <laughs> unlearning right now. We're all working very hard. And, right. And, at this stuff but even with this i just imagine 
what kind of conversations do you have with your children or not children? You're not going to talk to a five year old about this, but like your preteens and, and really start the dialogue early to understand that, you know, virginity, it is important that you're in a safe consensual. But I love what you said about the shared experience. Right. I think that if you can lean into that as parents. And of course, when, we're talking to parents, but we're not parents, so who knows? Right. But or I don't know how you, you know. has got a kid out there. But also, yeah. like, <laughs> when you do, when you do start talking to your little kid, because you know, sex ed can start sexuality ed, right? Can start yes, at a young age. Right. We've talked about this too. That you should talk to your little kids about being little sex, not like sexual beings in the sense that they should be having <laughs> sex, but just that they are going to be exploring themselves at some point. You know what I mean? Right. There are going to be like having feelings, and l- little boys touch their penises and little girls touch their vaginas in the bathtub and they're like exploring and to not put shame around that maybe make it clear you cannot do this in public because it's a private thing that you do but that if you're doing it in private and you're not hurting yourself then you know it's fine something wrong that's just everybody does it it's so normal but don't make people don't be like don't don't touch yourself no don't don't you're embarrassing me like that no don't do that don't say that um and then we we did talk about that the hymen cannot be broken from bike riding or tampon or horseback riding. That all of that stuff well, is it a, can be stretched. It can be stretched. It can but be not like thinned broken. out and stretched. So yeah, because it doesn't get broken at all, like you were saying. I've had friends tell me that they thought that their they didn't bleed during sex, so they thought that their hymen broke during like of course, riding that's a what horse. Everybody thinks. Yeah, it's actually well, printed. The horseback riding and the biking is actually this woman's TED talk. They said that in the UK, there's some doctor. There's some website that actually has that you could break it and so it's it's doctors are spreading the myths too <laughs> you know why because when it's just and that comes back to the gender gap conversation mm-hmm. we had where when they study bodies the standard body is a male body so when anything is like not like a standard male body they just kind of guess and then they just tell them like it's fact <laughs> but a fun fact about an elephant is that their hymen actually breaks when they give birth how do they get the sperm in there? I don't know. <laughs> they must have a perforated hymen, though, too. There's got to be like some little holes or something. How else could happen? Yeah. But then what? And then if they have multiple babies, well, does their hymen grow back? Oh, uh, let's see. This doctor was tweeting about it because I was like, I, of course, Why? I'm like out of all that. <laughs> so I'm like, a doctor's oh. going to learn about a, like a elephant hymen, but they won't learn about a human hymen. Great. Perfect. No, she was trying to make her <laughs> point of just like. Where's the elephant statistic? Hold on, because I did <laughs> look up the elephant statistics quick, Marie. I'm trying. Where did it go? <laughs> oh, speaking of the word hymen, I just wanted to mention that when the TI thing was happening, the ladies on the view. I was looking up the ladies on the view talking about mm. it. First of all, I was very disappointed in most people's responses to it because they were focused on, I don't know, some part of it. I don't remember, but I mean, it was fine. I didn't disagree with most of them except this one fucking dumb bitch on there. Whatever, sorry, but I didn't like her. <laughs> And I don't know who she was. She was like somebody I didn't know. But I'll tell you who did the best job getting upset about it. And I was shocked that I was on her side was Megan McCain. Oh, really? She talked about how when she was like, because she was talking about basically like how it's so embarrassing and how that's going to affect his daughter's life forever. Now that everybody knows like the status of her virginity and like that it's a conversation thing. And she uses an example. She's like, I get it. It's not the same thing. But she's like, when my dad was um, on some news program, he like outed me that I was like a like in love with uh Leonardo DiCaprio and it was the most mortifying Aww. thing ever because it was private and it was right. like my own little thing and he thought it was like okay to share that and she's like and that's not even 
close to being the same thing. And so she's like, so, and if I was that affected by that, I can just imagine that this girl's like really going to suffer with that. And that just the lack of respect for her privacy. But then uh, anyway, so, oh, 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 but that wasn't why I brought up the view. I brought up the view because <laughs> this one other woman who I also did not recognize. I don't know who she was. Uh, but she was saying, um, you know, she was trying to make the point about the hymen. She's like, see, the thing about the hymen is, and then Joy Behar was like, you, they said we can't say that. We can't say that word. And then Whoopi's like, what, hymen? We can't oh, say hymen? God. And Whoopi looks right over at the producer, who's this like awkward white guy who looks very nervous all of a sudden. And she's like, we can't say hymen? She's like, we have to be able to say hymen. It is a medical term. It is what we are talking about. It, and like, this is the problem. And then they kind of all talked about that for a second. We're like, this is the problem. If you won't even let us say a medical term about the thing, that is what they are checking for when they do the test. Right. So, like, quit, how get can your you shame and judgment away. Yeah. 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 And then that was what then the woman sort of pivoted to that saying, like, you know, this is the whole point is that, like, the sh you know, you make us feel shameful about our sexuality and our bodies when you say we can't say a medical part of our body. That is such a good point. Go whoopee. Yeah, I love her. You I do, too. I, I love her so much. Um, yeah. Oh, the only other thing I wanted to say is that you said something about um, we've been talking about at some point you said something about female energy or something, right? Female what? Energy or something. Mm. Women doing something good. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to piggyback on that even though because I'm sure you said it. Yeah. <laughs> But so, yeah. Oh, did you say something about female energy? Of course. Okay, well, you know. just speaking of which, I just wanted to put it out there that the, early this morning, there was a um, a solar eclipse, uh, new moon solar eclipse, I think it was, and it is in Cancer. And <laughs> this is important because uh, I was like reading about like, well, what is this eclipse going to be about? And it's very much about a shift into feminine energy and it's going to last for the whole year well did you know that, that they recalculated a time they recalculated the mayans calendar for the end of the world oh yeah i heard about this but today is <laughs> that day. day but oh the mayans believe that it, it the inter interpretation of the end of the world it was wrong it's not the end of the world it's the shift of humanity of female right. females taking over so the, the that's world. fucking crazy though that that is totally in alignment with the astrology right now and the literal like not even just astrology but like there was a full-blown uh big new moon uh solar eclipse that hadn't happened there hadn't been something in some sort of alignment hadn't happened since 2001 which was the year of 9-11 um, but also this, there was some other kind of conjunction or whatever that hadn't happened in like 500 years or something. So like, this is like big, 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 big moon energy, you guys. Yeah, I got crystals up my, my hoo-ha right now. <laughs> oh, it's like up in it's there. Getting, yep. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying women, women who run the world, girls. Girls. <laughs> Soon. Soon. Just give us a minute. <laughs> give us a minute. Give us, give us the fucking VP position. Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. That's who I vote for. That's my personal endorsement. Yeah, I do like her a lot. I like Susan Rice, too. I don't know as much about her. I need to like... She look, used look to work more. for Obama. Um, 
Ah, yes. I anyway, remember. this was great. And, and honestly, Katie, I have to say thank you because when I got your drunk text of like, we need to do something about virginity, I'm like, yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> you know, let's just recap real quick. It's fucking social construct that needs to be done away with because it's just putting women as property and lowering our status in life. And also that whole heteronormative thing, right. too, and, and just that is, defining sex in like surrounding by surrounded by male penis right. and like women vagina, uh, which is not, uh, not into male penis right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> just not. Mm, <laughs> That's I all. cannot get on board with uh, that well, statement. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> still real horny. It's fine. Um, it's been it's been months since I've touched another human. So. Oh, I know. Katie, I'm a baby girl. I'm coming. I'm going to be there in two weeks. I'll hold you. Thanks. Just cradle me, rock me. Like. Yes, I swear. <laughs> Perfect. I'll embrace Perfect. you. Perfect. Love You're gonna it. start humping my leg, and I'm gonna have to kick you like, off. Uh, I cannot. Won't be able to control myself. <laughs> but here's to wishful thinking that we'll be pod- potting together and ten feet apart soon. I bet, I bet we can outside <laughs> with a mask on. <laughs> outside. That's right. Perfect. Well, I hope everyone's good. I hope you learned something, y'all. Yeah, literally Google what a hymen looks like because every time I put on a scrunchie now, (laughs) I'm going to never wear a scrunchie the same, but I love it. It's great. Um, If you guys have any, you know, thoughts on this, any stories, we're so curious. Um, And please keep listening. If you haven't rated, review our podcast, that really helps. Let us know. Let us know new topics if anything comes to mind. Yeah, just something you want uh, to hear about. Yeah. Hear us talk about. <laughs> what do you want to hear us talk about? Oh, this is great. <laughs> but thank you. Thanks. All right. Yeah. And you can follow us um, on Patreon. Join us on Patreon. We do a little mini pod uh, on Fridays, Huddle with the Horse. The positivity. <laughs> po- we try to be positive <laughs> on the podcast. And but it's a fun little nugget. Um, we try to do more things on there, special things. And maybe we'll start selling yeah. difficult women scrunchies. <laughs> that would be so funny. Yeah, to me. totally. Would y'all buy that? Or maybe all proceeds can go to Planned Parenthood. Yeah, to you. Sorry. Oh, oh, I know we, we don't have jobs or any money. Okay. <laughs> you kidding me? Like, yeah. No, or, or it's uh, maybe half the thing. <laughs> all right. Please, Bye. everybody, stay safe, <laughs> healthy, wear a mask. We love you. Wash your hands. Bye. Thank you.
need a sophisticated palate to enjoy this hard on train. Salt as gumdrop, sweet as pie, culinary kind of lingers to lie. Sorry, ma'am, I never see me again. Once I take a bite, might not be your cup of tea, but I ain't got no reservations. Slurp it up, ain't worried about starvation. You may say, hey, how do you know that there's no doubt in finer? Well, I won't be discreet, I know that bitch is sweet, cause I do have a vagina. Don't want nothing floppy, tonight we're getting sloppy. If you savor the flavor, she might return the favor. I'm sampling with me. 